When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Heidi Ho, Joe. Heidi Ho, Joshua. Ah, are you so excited? Yes, all, every time, all every the time. time, all the time. Every I'm always, time. I'm excitable. I'm like a golden retriever, easily excitable. Oh, I like that golden retriever. Hmm. Uh, what would you be? What kind of dog? Oh well, you gosh. wouldn't be a dog. Yeah, I know. Right? Suddenly, it's that uh, scene in um, what do you call it? Drop Dead Gorgeous. You know, where she's like. Have you seen that? I with, have seen Drop Dead okay, Gorgeous, but the it's one girl's like obsessed with dogs, you know. Yes, and so like her answers are all about dogs. They're like, "What kind of tree would you be? Dogwood." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, I don't know. That's the one with uh, "You're just too good to be true." That's right. And she dances with Jesus. Yeah, it's beautiful. A crucified Jesus. A crucified Christ. Yeah. I'm sure that's that's. Uh, I saw that at a drag show once. Someone somebody came, recreated that. Someone recreated it, oh. and and then they they recreated that scene leading up into it, and then then they brought him out. It was a crucified Christ and a jockstrap, and then um, they then they did Jesus take the wheel. Wow, the gays are <laughs> they're they're a sacrilegious people. Yeah, but you some know, of them very ingenious. That's uh. You know, yes, it's great. That would have been great to see. I hope there's video of that somewhere. We should look that up later. Uh, but no, uh, I don't know what kind of dog I would be if I was going to be a dog. You know, I'd want to be, I'd want to be one of those scary-looking black dogs that follows people around, like a like a Doberman, ominous, <laughs> ominous, uh, like a like a Doberman. Yes, like I a... want to be an omen type dog. <laughs> you want to be, an... <laughs> you want to be a grim, a grim, yes, a grim. That's what I want to be. I don't know if that's even a type of dog. I don't know shit about dogs. Well, no, it, that's a Harry Potter thing. Where oh. It's like, the Grimm is following you. Oh, that's right. That's right. I have seen those movies. Uh, there's witches in them and stuff. So Yes, don't you like witches? <laughs> I do. Uh, anyway, so today we are going to discuss child's play. Are you excited about that? Didn't you enjoy every second of it? I actually <laughs> did. I really liked it. Okay. Well, I'm, it feels like, oh, well, I'll, I'll tell, I'll save that thought for the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting into that. But first, uh, what kind of, what news have we got? You were talking about some new show coming to HBO. Yeah. So there's this new show that's coming to HBO. It's called <laughs> Los Es. Is it coming to HBO? It's this show. It's new. <laughs> it's coming to HBO. The home box office. Did you know this? Um, it's called Los Espookies. Los Espookies. And it is uh, set, uh, according to Deadline, uh, it's uh, set in a strange and dreamy version of present-day Mexico City <laughs> and follows a group of friends turning their love of horror into a peculiar business. So, yes, you have... Uh, it's uh, 
produced and it is co-written and produced by Fred Armisen, right. um, Ana Fabrega, and then my personal favorite, the reason why I will watch, Julio Torres. Cool. I love me some Julio Torres. All right. That's exciting. Um, when is it supposed to debut? Um, it's supposed to debut this June. Oh wow! Um, so I will force you to do a <laughs> to do an episode about this. But it is going to be this June. Um, it looks very cool. The trailer is on HBO right now. If you want to watch, mm. um, and it just looks hilarious and queer, and it's Spanish language too. So. The, the way I think the trailer is, is anytime English is spoken, there's Spanish subtitles, and anytime Spanish is spoken, there's English subtitles. Huh. All right. So, there you go. Hmm. Kind of excited by it, then. Los Spookies. Los Spookies. Yeah, I see it here. Huh. I All guess right. I will keep my HBO subscription after... Uh, after the Game of Thrones? After the Game of Thrones. After the Game of Thrones has ended? Yes. After someone has won the Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know, it's been so interesting. Have you been following, like, all this conversation about... I have. I've have, but it's also like exhausting and I'm kind of glad that it's ending tonight uh, as of recording this. Do uh, you, it will end. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Can't remember. Yeah, I do. Okay, we did talk about that. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I've just, I've been watching it. I'm in, I've been new. See, I already been new. Right. And you are the future Behind. legendary. Right. You know, <laughs> future legendary children watching. But... Uh, yeah, so we're starting season four shortly, but I'm like, but you know, you can't really avoid spoilers and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's all, what happened at the end of season three? Well, I'm not all the way to the end of it. Oh, okay. What happened? But that's about, I'm just trying to say that's about where we are. We're like the eighth. Where are you? What's happening right now where you are? Uh, yeah. So we just finished episode, uh, looks like, I think seven Episode seven, the bear and the maiden fair, where uh, Brienne is in like the bear pit. Yes, she's wearing a dress. And they Jamie, forced her. Yeah, Jamie has to come in and save her, and from an assault. Yes. Yeah. So that's like that's the episode we just like finished. But anyways, my point is that I think because I'm watching it new, and I don't know how many people have gone back and rewatched the series, like from the beginning. I rewatched uh, the first season in anticipation of this. I watched. I rewatched last season, then I went back and rewatched the first season, oh, okay. and then after the first season, I picked and choose my favorite episodes moving forward. I see. But I guess it's just like all the conversation about like Daenerys and people like posting like, you know, oh, you know, they ruined such like a good person character. And I'm like, what? Like, no. <laughs> uh, she does a lot of terrible things. Like she's not, you know, I mean, I get like, I, well, I don't want to say like, oh, I get like, you know, the motivation or whatever. I mean, she's definitely anything that stands in her way, she's going to take down no matter what. That's kind of her characterization. But all these people posting stuff. Um, I think TJ, was he the one that posted uh, the meme? Uh, with like, like some of you have never been oppressed by like, or have never been uh, conquered by Europeans promising liberation. liberation. Yeah. I think that was TJ. And it shows, yeah. And I was like, that's brilliant. You know, not to mention like she burned a woman alive for like refusing to save her rapist. Well, not, not but he had ordered his other people. The Cal Drogo, you know, like she burned that woman alive for refusing to be a slave. And she put those people into the... Um, uh, the safe, you know, oh, to yes. like die. Which I mean, again, like I, you know, watching the show, it's like I'm not, I'm not trying to argue that. Like 
the motivations behind that are good or wrong or whatever. But it's like, you could have just cut those people's heads off and went on. Like, she promised them horrible deaths. Yeah, like, she promised them cruelty. Yeah, very cruel. And she's been doing a lot of that kind of stuff, you know? Oh, the most As cruel, they all have. Yeah, the most cruel thing I... One of the most cruel things I've seen is the, um, the mile markers that are the masters, crucifying uh, all the masters. Yeah. I was like, ugh, that was rough. Yeah. So there's just, yeah, I, I, I am enjoying the show, but it's like, it's funny re- reading some of this stuff because I'm like, are people paying attention or do, do people not like analyze that kind of stuff? Like they really like, you know, if you're watching it and you're like, oh, I like Daenerys, I like Khal Drogo, like, so you see the, the witch woman or whatever is like a bad person. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Like you can read it however you want, but I'm just like. At the end of the day, like that witch woman also killed the guy who was like raping and. <laughs> like pillaging her village. Yeah, so, you exactly. know, it, it really depends. I think people are just like, they're too focused on, they're too focused on like her message as like liberator breaker of change. Yeah. And like, and that kind of storyline. And it's like, yeah. And, and all of the cruelty that she's inflicting is like just her doing what she needs to do to get on top because a man would right. also do the same thing. I mean, I get all that, but I, to your point, and it's very valid, it's like, I don't know if people are watching the same show, and it just makes, like, it makes narrative sense, um, and here I, <laughs> I'm i here defending the uh, the show a little bit, like, I, I can make it make narrative sense. Did I want that to happen? No. But, like, I'm here, I'm like, I can see why it's justified. You're talking about what she, the, in that, because it's spoiled. In the penultimate episode, yes. Yeah, like, yeah. The, 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 the events that happen in the penultimate episode, I can justify that because, you know, at the end of the day, Benioff and Weiss, the creators of this, you know, D&D, they, you know, they're, they're doing what they, they have this multi-billion dollar property that they're trying to end in six episodes, so they got to speed things up and... The thing about it, though, and, and it's being repeated a lot, is that like foreshadowing is not character development. So it's mm-hmm. like, why should we, why should we take that? And I think they really did themselves a disservice by not just doing a full season. Uh, like if we had had some extra episodes where you know, like even with the Jamie. Oh, we can get into it. But. Yeah, it just seems like it, it moves fast at, at the end. So, you know, I'm going to keep on watching it because um, it is, it's enjoyable. It's something that Jeffrey and I have been, have been watching together. Do you have a favorite character? Well, I do really like Daenerys. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I have my reading of her. And, you know, again, I think I see with kind of some of the outrage I've seen, I think it's just kind of this like neoliberal read. It's very white savior complex. Yeah. You know, people are just not reading her that way. You know, like people that are just watching it are like, oh, this is awesome. She's freeing the slaves and doing things. But but I can kind of accept both, you know, and I really, I just like the world that she inhabits. I love the dragons, you know, so that's kind of the, my favorite part of the story. Is Tyrion the is hysterical. And, yeah. Like the character of Tyrion I really like and I've been enjoying him being, um, He's kind of changing, you know, and kind of, I, I'm interested to see where his storyline continues to go. I also really like Cersei. <laughs> she's just like <laughs> a fucking, she's like a drag queen, you know, like yes. she's, her character is so 
just over the top. Like there are some scenes where she's with Sansa, like where they're all in the Red Keep or whatever. When the you know this is early, the Battle of the Blackwater, yeah, yeah, when they come in, and and she's just drinking wine, just drinking and like you're fucked, you're all fucked, like she's gonna get raped, giving (laughs) terrible advice out or not. I mean, whatever, but telling Sansa how to survive as a woman in this world, which is not far off. No, I thought it was very very interesting, but it's so catty and so just like grand dame in a way. So I really enjoy her, and I, I keep seeing. Um, memes that like uh, what's the actress's name? Lena uh, Headey. Lena, yeah. That she's like gonna win an Emmy for just standing at a window drinking wine for the whole season. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like I love that. So you know, I mean, it's it's enjoyable to watch. You know, I just I I really do enjoy all the conversation that it spurs and. Uh, you know, what reading my different friends responding back and forth to stuff or, you know, or things I post. Because, you know, I posted about that because I was just like, you know, have some of you not seen it in a while? Because, like, I'm not shocked at all. And I'm actually 100% behind what Daenerys <laughs> does. What because, Daenerys I mean, because that's why yeah. I said from the beginning, when I first started watching the show, I'm like, they should just get rid of this whole thing. <laughs> so, burn this, burn this shit down. Yeah, so, I, you know, it's interesting there. I mean, I again, I'm not for war and killing innocent people but in the context of the show i'm interested to see the journey yeah so that's our game of thrones minute that lasted (laughs) way too long uh in other news uh did you see that chris rock is going to take over the saw franchise what yeah there was a story out this week that uh is that is that for real yeah apparently i mean that it's being reported uh so i assume it's real uh yeah chris rock creating a saw spin-off with Lionsgate, according to variety uh that apparently might be fun yeah apparently a long time uh fan and he met with the people at Lionsgate and apparently blew him away so i i you know Three or four years ago, I, I would have said the same thing when Jordan Peele was doing a horror movie, you know, like, ooh, what? I don't know about that, but I'm really excited. You know, I do, th- I think that there's a very strong correlation between horror and comedy. You know, it's all about timing, it's about build up and, you know, those and payoffs. And- yeah. So I, I'm very excited. And I think the Saw franchise could use an injection of that, like, you know, get out kind of not not that chris rock is going to do that you know but i guess i'm curious to see the lens if if done by you know somebody who's so great at comedy let's just reboot it and let's have tony todd be jigsaw yeah just start it all over just start it all over have him be jigsaw punishing white people that's it yep all right but like the mazes and the traps are just things that you know everyday poc people (laughs) are, are dealing with in the hood yeah. Hey, I'll watch it. If it's got if it's labeled Saw, I'm going to see it. Uh I it's kind of interesting though when you look at the Saw franchise and we haven't watched enough of them, so we we should watch some of the sequels sometime. We'll do them in the future, you know. We got we got to cuz you got to see Saw 2. Yeah. Um and all the others. But they have kind of a social justice element you know that i think is very interesting the fourth or the fifth one deals with like a health insurance dude who's just gross and you know it's it's very interesting the stuff that he goes through there's another one where like there's a father and like his son was killed by like a hit and run thing and so everybody involved is like part of the trap so it's like this interesting look at like forgiveness and revenge you know so i'm curious how what they would look like now you know in 
in a in a 2019 lens. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious what sort of uh, what sort of story could be told. Um, but yeah, so that's the other bit of news that I saw this week. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to see if I have anything. I don't really have anything. Yeah, that was the only thing that I wanted to bring up and talk about. So I'm curious. Very curious to see how it will pan out. As always, I'm always very curious. Um, You're such a curious little kitty. Yes, and other fun news. I got my new light uh, uh, loot fright. Ooh, yeah, come loot on, Crate. loot fright! This is not a sponsored post. <laughs> is this an unboxing? Well, no, I already looked at it, but um, I it, it's I'll post some pictures on Instagram uh, so people can look. And if Loot Fright wants to send us a couple bucks, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't mind since we got to get uh, hotel rooms and all that for for, for uh, midsummer. For what midsummer scream? Use code Fright School for twenty percent off tickets. Anyway, so this is fun. This is a T-shirt you're gonna love, Joe. Are you excited? No, 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 no. Oh, God. So it's Brundlefly. Uh, eating a donut, as as made in uh, famous by that scene that you loved in the movie. God, this, I didn't need to see that. This uh, box theme was midnight snack, and it was really late. So I'll say that although I really love the stuff that that Loot Fright does, I'm always like happy with it. Uh, their production delays are are pretty bad. Uh, the other cute thing in here, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. There's a uh, Twilight Zone recipe box with blank recipe cards and dividers, you know, all based on um, To Serve Man. Have you seen that episode? No. Well, it's pretty famous with these aliens that come and, you know, they want to serve man, but it turns out that they want to cook us and eat us. So ah. I thought that was pretty cute. Um, sorry, spoiler alert. Like <laughs> 60 years. It's 60 year old television years. show. <laughs> Uh, this Spoiling. is cute. This is a, um, a phone stand that's like teeth. It's a set of jaws that holds your phone. Anyways, that was fun to get. I've been, uh, it was supposed to be, I think the April box. It was supposed to come in April, but, uh, they had, a, or March, something like that. I don't remember. Uh, but it's been delayed for a while. So I was happy to finally get that. So you Do can you get to pick the size of the t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the, all those boxes. Usually you choose the size and. All that, which I usually get large because they're typically T-shirts I don't really want to wear like out, you know, so it's nice to wear around the house. Yes, I may save it and have it for Midsummer Scream because I've been going back and forth. I don't know if I'm going to wear Fright School yeah. shirts or if I'm going to wear like, I really like my um, Horror Movie Night shirt where in the band with all the Puppet Master characters. So I'll probably wear that too, um, at least one of the days. So, and maybe this one. Just so that you're like sick all day long. I hate you. <laughs> so make sure you check out our Instagram you're at a terrible, Fright School. Terrible person. Truth um, at Fright School, uh, dear listener, for all of our fun Instagram photos and things. Uh, also, what else? Follow us on the Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, follow us, and yeah, do do our socials. Get that uh, code for Midsummer Scream. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, because Brian works really hard posting cool stuff. So <laughs> yeah, so follow us, share, 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 share it, share it. Uh, okay, well, I guess uh, then we'll take a real quick break, and we'll be back to discuss 1988's Child's Play. I'm from New Jersey, and I'm proud about it. I love the Hey, everybody! What's up? I'm here too. We are the Jersey Ghouls, a horror podcast based out of the Garden State. 
Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Marissa's scholarly conversations. By the way, if you Google psycho female, you definitely don't get the name of the actress from Psycho. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Nate's thrilling debate. Why? Why are you so resistant against because it? Because don't you start. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Jackie's love of 80s slasher movie, Topless Scene. Whoa, Jackie, this is a feminist podcast. I know. I'm a woman. And as a woman, I appreciate a nice set of jugs. Okay, but you shouldn't call them jugs. Hooters? Bazungas? Tatas? Dirty pillows? I, I like boobs, too. Can, can I call them fun bags? No! We're the Jersey Ghouls. You can find us on social media by searching Jersey Ghouls on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also find our blog and podcast on our website, jerseyghouls.com. All right. Well, welcome back. That was the Jersey Ghouls. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll be we'll be making a surprise appearance with them. We have a collab plan. We have a collab. Joe, you didn't even comment on the uh, the rena- the redecoration of the West Craven Memorial Library. Um. Yes, it is great. <laughs> you have impeccable taste, Joshua. <laughs> Anyways, the point is, I bought these two <laughs> new red leather chairs from our friend Carla, who is going to be on the show very soon. But in the meantime, where can you hear her, Joe? You can hear her on her podcast called Land Your Man. Yes, with our other good friend Delia. They are rating and discussing uh, relationship books of the 90s. Of of all time, of all time, okay. Of, th- of they everywhere. It, yeah, I feel. I was just talking to Carl about the chairs. I think she's doing like '90s ones, and Dealey's or, or Dealey's doing ones from the '90s. She's doing ones from now. I think is kind of the the thing. And uh, they discuss them and talk about all the terrible advice in them. And hopefully, along the way, you know, maybe they'll figure out good advice. I I don't know, but it's a fun show, and uh, I love these chairs. They were from Carla's office. She was. Uh, needing to get rid of them. And I was like, well, I like them. They'll fit in this overstuffed life. <laughs> my, They'll fit my in my office. This, like I had to rearrange this office, it. Yeah, uh, to figure out how to fit them. Pleasantly. But I thought when we have guests, it'll be nice. They can sit right there between us and we could stare at them uncomfortably while they try to come up with thoughts and intelligent things we to say. We can trap them in the corner of the room. films. <laughs> yes. Trap them right there. Anyways. They can't leave. Anyways, so yeah, that was just a... Uh, a quick plug for Landry Man. And, we love a man. And my impeccable taste. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. <laughs> impeccable is the taste of Joshua. In, impeccable. Actually, that uh, those cushions, the, they don't match. So they're just stand-ins until I figure something else out. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Speaking of impeccable in you taste. Were, in case you were criticizing them in your head. You know, I, would, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare make fun of your taste, Joshua. <laughs> Because you know you'll never leave this room. Yeah, I, I, because I have none. <laughs> so there you go. I've not been. I've not been in your room, so I have to come and see. You don't want to be in my room. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Uh, speaking of impeccable taste, Joshua, what did we watch today? Ah, so we watched Child's Play, <gasps> the 1988 classic film about. A young boy's fun adventures with his uh, doll that comes to life. It's just like Calvin and Hobbes. It's just like Pinocchio. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yes, it's just like Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> so fun. Uh, yeah. Child's Play, 1988. 
We got uh, what? Catherine Hicks. Yes. Uh, Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon. We got Brad Dorif. We've got. Uh, we got a, a little boy. Yes, I was just trying to remember what his <laughs> name is because he's in a few of them. He does pop up. He they didn't replace him. Um, well, he was really great. He, yeah, Alex Vincent was his name. Uh, and uh, Dynamanov of Greece fame. Gotta love a Dynamanov. And like like I said earlier, you you recognize little uh, little, little little Catherine Hicks. From... I was like, where do I know her from? And then Joshua said, <laughs> "What'd you say?" You said Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven, but that's where you would know her from. Yeah, I assumed you watched Seventh Heaven. Yes, I did. <laughs> I've been <Seventh> clocked. Heaven. <laughs> where did you go? <laughs> Uh, oh god! Wasn't that guy like a child predator or something? The father? What? No. Yeah, that guy. That didn't he? No. You don't know about that? No. Oh, man. We're gonna have to talk about it. The dad. Oh my god! I know him as one of the one of the first uh, one of the husbands on the first wives club. Yeah, he was also in uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." He plays Dennison. Yeah, he Dee's does. Real father. Uh, but what was his name? Um, I don't know. He was the pastor. That's right. Uh, That's how you know. <laughs> That's how you know something's up. Something's up. Stephen Collins was Stephen his Stephen Collins. Is, is his name. Um, You're yeah. looking up to see if he's this case is against Stephen Collins. Yeah, admit, uh, he admitted to it. Uh, well, there was audio tape that his like ex-wife or something put out there admitting to past sexual abuse of a minor. This is from the Wikipedia. Oh, Wiki my God. Media. Yeah. It's from like... Well, there goes everyone's childhood, if you didn't know. Yeah, he admitted he committed inappropriate sexual contact with three female minors in 73, 82, and 94. Oh, my God. Yeah, sorry. Sorry to ruin that for you, too. Uh, Man, I'm just ruining your childhood. He's an asshole. <laughs> right. Seventh heaven, he's an asshole. Yeah. God. Everybody. There's just no... <laughs> it's just awful. Anyways, back to child's play. Back to child's play, please. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Joe, what did you think? I liked it. I liked it. I've been avoiding child's play for a long time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I kind of just went in not trying to have as many expectations because uh, I just didn't want to uh, focus on how traumatized I was by the Chucky doll. Um, when I was in middle school, there was a girl. Uh, her name is Crystal. And she was kind of like punky, like Avril Lavigne type with the safety pins and the wristband sweat guard and all that business. But she would bring in her like full-size Chucky doll. Um, every now and then, it scared the shit out of me. I like, I tried, I tried not to let her know how creeped out I was by it, but it was like really, really creepy. Was it like a cute looking one, or was it one that no? Had, it like, was all the, the messed up one. Okay. Yeah, it was the messed up one where the face is like ha, ah! and he. I think he had like a fake rubber cleaver you could put in his hand or something. Like it was. It was not a fun time. But the face had like scars and stuff. Scars and cuts. Okay, and yeah, cuts. the Bride of Chucky version. Probably. Yes, yes, that one. Yeah, very cool. I was in middle school. This was in like 2000, 2003. So, you know, if that's Bride of Chucky era, then then that's the correct answer. Well, Bride of Chucky came out in, I think, 98. But the dolls were out in Hot Topic. Or yeah, Spencer's yeah, yeah. She probably got whatever. it at like a Hot Topic or something. Yeah, I, think, but like, I can't remember. Maybe it was Spencer's that I remember seeing them in. Because you could get both. You could get Tiffany and Chucky. But they were 
they were creepy, but not like creepy enough. Oh me. no, so it I was. Never got it was yeah. It was. It scared the shit out of me. So oh. I've been avoiding child's play. <laughs> child's play, Hellraiser. Those are the two that I've been avoiding for a right. while. So well, you're gonna have to watch Hellraiser soon because we're doing it for Pride Month. Yeah, be fun. We're gonna celebrate Clive Barker. Uh, the cra- the queerness that is. Um, yes, yeah, I thought this was really good. I thought it was a really fun, a uh, really fun watch. Um, it moves. Yeah, which was yeah, nice. It like it, quick. it really moves. Um, I kind of got a lot of. Uh, yeah, it's eighty-seven minutes. Uh, like I got a lot of Candyman vibes, like with the apartment and the way they kind of like are moving through the apartments mm. and like you know the a, tracking the the um, the mystical <laughs> the mystical black man. <laughs> yeah, they and did the graffiti on the walls. Like yeah, they did. Uh, it also takes place in Chicago. Yeah, they too. filmed in Chicago. Yeah, for the um, on location stuff, and then in Culver City for the interior. Yeah, so I I really liked it. I was also just kind of like, wow, this is like uh this is like straight up appropriation. <laughs> like this like criminal completely like appropriated voodoo culture. And uh, I mean, you know, used it to his nefarious ends, but uh Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh it was it was good. I I'm I'm That's like, what you got out of this, Joe. Like yeah. don't go messing with stuff that, you know. Don't go messing with those other stuff. Don't go messing <laughs> with the voodoo. <laughs> better watch out for these little clown dolls here you know what Just any second stop this it. might hop right up. stop it <laughs> stop it i'm gonna put you in one of them no <laughs> you could be that one there you're gonna put me in a doll yeah and i'm gonna get in the face hugger doll it's gonna be fun or et over there We'll just hop around. Yeah. I would love to see you inside an E.T. doll. Just like with the can't do shit. Just like, you know, phone home. Yep. Anal probe. You know, just hot. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. So. I'm going to put you in the Jigsaw Funko Pop. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Riding around on your little tricycle. <laughs> I'll just make them all like Horcruxes. You know, you'll have to like destroy all of them. <laughs> Anyways, oh yes. Uh, what, so, what are we talking about? Child's, child's play. play. Yeah, yeah, already we're getting like far off the mark. You know that what, when we do episodes when it's raining outside, it <laughs> we go a little woo. We get a little little stir crazy. Maybe it's the rain. Maybe falling Maybe. on our heads like a. Memory. I'm enjoying the rain though. It's nice. Uh, <laughs> did you miss it? I did. Did you miss me? Like the deserts miss the rain. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're done now. Oh, Lord. Uh, so, back to Child's Play. Other thoughts, Joe? <laughs> Other thoughts about Child's Play? Um, yeah, there was some, there was, like, it, uh, it was also just this, like, this the put-upon mother, you know? Yeah. Just, like, just doing her best, doing her best. That little kid is kind of an asshole. Uh, right? I kind of feel like in the beginning, like, he's just immediately, like, oh, you didn't get what I wanted. Yeah, but like you know, we are fright school, right? So, are we going to talk about the like the indulgent excess of the eighties? Well, there's like conversations about that. That you know, um, I think when they were putting it together, these ideas about like advertising and like its effects on children, consumerism. Mm-hmm. You know, they. I mean, we've probably all experienced that. You know, especially as kids. Did you ever get like the big Toys R Us book? In the mail. There's no Toys R Us on Guam, so no. Uh, we had a KB Toys 
So I did get that book. Okay, or just whatever. Yeah, but, you know. like a JCPenney catalog. Yeah, especially yeah. at the holidays, and it's like you'd see all this stuff that you had no idea even yeah. existed, and then you had to have it. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, so obviously, you know, that's one thing about this, you know, scene is he's watching his favorite show, and then they show the advertisements, like, gotta have one of these dolls. Have to, have to. It's like the Cabbage Patch craze. It's, it's very, it's a great comment on that whole time. You know, uh, well, and, and I mean, still, we do that every year. There's something, you know, I think about the Beanie Babies. I think about the Furbies. What was it just like two years ago? Hatchimals or uh, Hatchimals, yeah. Everybody, yeah. you had to have a Hatchimal. Yeah, you were yeah. a bad parent. You know, so obviously this woman, she's working at, you know, something kind of like a Macy's, Nordstrom's. Or, yeah, or Bergdorf, something, like that. something like that. Yeah, yeah, working. She's a working class mom. You know, you said right at the beginning, benign neglect. Yeah, it's already like benign <laughs> neglect. Like she, like kids already, I was like, is he? home alone he's just eating like he putting sugar on sugary cereal and ice cream and making orange juice and but he was making it for her you know he takes it to her with the burned toast and you know good morning mommy it's my birthday let's get up i want to unwrap my presents because clearly you bought me this doll because i see this big giant box yeah spoiler alert not the doll just clothes in a who puts clothes in a box like that? I mean, it just seemed cruel to it, me. You know, she just she's just doing what she doing, can. Doing what she can. She's doing what she can, <laughs> Joshua. If that's the box that she had, okay? You know, I mean, granted, if you already know that your child wants something that comes in a box that size, right? Maybe you shouldn't put all the clothes and all the shitty shitty things you got him in that box. But you know, she's doing what she can. We're not here to shame single parents. This is true. This yes. is true. I'm just saying that you know you might want to think about it if you if you have children out there, uh, you know, think about the size boxes you're using because yes. just the expectations. Yeah, manage the <laughs> expectations, folks. Okay, but there is there's a lot of like pressure on you know on moms on parents in general, but you know definitely on moms to you know to to do and be everything for their kids, and you know she's trying to do her best. Um. It's interesting because, like, the, the film, since it's his birthday, but it's funny because when you watch it, because it's, like, cold and rainy and, you know, snowy, like, I, I just kind of assume it's Christmas. set at Christmas, but it's not. Um, but still, that, that adds that extra layer of anxiety, you know, or, you know, because the holidays are like that, you know, like, pressure, pressure, pressure to, you know, buy stuff. And it just, you know, it feels like it's a Christmas movie rather than, oh, no, it's his birthday. Uh I was going to say there was something in here. I found this uh, article, Why a Child's Play is a Smarter Movie Than You Think It Is. This is from Andy Treffenbach, December of 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's kind of looking at, you know, all these, like, you know, there's Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger and Jason, and, you know, Chucky doesn't always get put in with, like, that, you know, sort of the No, he doesn't. Although you made a comment about your shirt. Um, my shirt. Your mystery van shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, people who follow us, if you don't already follow us on, uh, on the socials, know that, like, uh, a couple years ago, I bought my first, like, horror-themed graphic tee, and it's from, uh, got it from Tee Public, and, um, it's the, like, murder, I've been calling it the murder mystery machine, where it's the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo, but it's, like, being, it's being like joyrided around by all these great slasher uh, slasher villains. So it's got um, Freddy and Jason and Ghostface and Michael, but it also has uh, it has Chucky. And I haven't and I hadn't seen Chucky, 
I hadn't seen Child's Play yet. And so now I'm done. I've I've seen them all. I understand the context. I'm getting, I've leveled up. You've leveled up. Yeah, I feel like it's like, a, you know, you've collected all the all the pieces. Exactly. For, at least for the shirt. It should start sparkling or something now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? It's going to come to life and murder me in my sleep. Uh, anyway, so back to the, to the article, the point I wanted Thank to you make. for just glossing over my eventual murder in my sleep, Joshua. Hey, it's bound to happen, Joe. You're so nice. And, you know, bad things happen to good people. We just have to accept it. <laughs> like this poor put upon mother, you know, she's just trying to do her best for her for her son, and it just does not work out for her. But <laughs> uh, anyways, the writer of this article says it's um, uh, it's one horror film that pops out of mind that touches on the economical status of characters, which is rarely done in the genre. I don't know how true that is, um, but I can't. I'd have to like actually really think about that. Um, she wants the best for her son. It seems to be there's a void of a father figure in Andy's life, and it's not touched upon directly in the film. Uh, Karen I thought knows, he died. Maybe. Because he says, yeah. um, you know, Chucky was sent from dad from heaven to do something or whatever. Like, there was a point where right in the very beginning when he's saying that Chucky's alive, he's telling his mom that Chucky's come to life. Yeah, but that they... The dad's, that the dad sent him from heaven or something like that. Right, but they... There's not a comment on the void. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a comment the father. You it's know, but an, anyway, it's heavily it's implied. Yeah. yeah, it's there, and... You know, she's just wants to do, you know, again, the best that she can to spoil him and to take care of him. Uh, this person says, it's one of the first movies that I remember as a kid where I saw poverty in a genre. You know, uh, she has to go on the street and buy the doll from like a peddler who obviously stole it from the Playland toy explosion. Um, she... She has to choose between like going home and being with her son on his birthday or working... You know, see, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't think that they're living in a state of poverty, though. No, maybe not. But I mean, it's just the idea of like, there's, you know, there's the choice is happening. You know, she like the guy, like obviously her job, she's got to keep this job. Yeah, you know, working at the makeup counter, so she gives yeah. up being with her son on his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, like, hey, anybody who is selling the hottest toy in a back alley for, like, with a 70% discount, like, off of it, like, it's a $100 toy. Oh, right. <laughs> but it's like, she gets it for 30 bucks. like, you know. Be suspicious. Yeah, be suspicious, but, like, yeah, <laughs> of course. I'm surprised he didn't have a line out to his car for the get, getting the best bid. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, she, it, it was it was interesting to kind of see that how, how all play out. Um, I loved all the stuff with the <laughs> with the boss, and oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's also just like you know, can't, it's hard to not just read queer read queer queer stuff into that kind of character, you know, the like super uptight like department store manager bow tie glasses, yeah. like just read some like inherently queerly coded, and then you know Dynamanoff being. Maggie, yeah. Me and Maggie being like, you know, why don't I do it? It's like, well, you work in shoes. <laughs> this is jewelry. <laughs> it's like, you don't you don't know nothing about jewelry, you know? Yeah. No, that's it. That's all <laughs> no, that's great. I think they should remake it again with you, and you play that character. I'm going to be like... Uh, be and like- I want to be Maggie. <laughs> Fuck off, man. Like, we got this. It's going to be fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I don't know. When the remake comes out with Aubrey Plaza, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of, you fuck off, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe they're not, like, living in poverty. They're not poverty. destitute. Yeah, like, yeah. But just, you know, the struggling of, like, you know, a working class mom, and she's doing what she can. This is what happens, you know? This yeah. is, this the, the dolls come to life and wreak havoc. <laughs> <laughs> on working class women <laughs> when you have to when 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 you have to work you know <laughs> kids are going to get into all sorts of trouble <laughs> and then the dolls will come to life yeah exactly no i don't know what the point is of that <laughs> uh it's kind of it's an interesting though thing to look at in society you know cuz these stories like of dolls coming to life are very old you know, I mean, I think of like Pinocchio, which isn't one of the oldest, but certainly, you know, one of the most like prevalent cultural things. You know, most of if you say Pinocchio, most people know yeah. what you're talking An about. An inanimate object coming to life. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of uh, an interesting fear. I'm, I'm curious, like, why? Like, why we find... Because I don't really find that, like, I, I never found Chucky scary, like, even when I was a kid, you know, when I first saw this movie again sometime in the early 90s. Um, you know, I never thought he was scary. But I know a lot of people who do, who, who find, like, dolls to be creepy and, you know. Do you- I, I get that because they have faces. Like, you know, it's that whole... <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, yeah. you, you read humanity into anything that with a face or that expresses some sort of emotion. Um, and then it's just, uh, it's very unsettling when you have something, when you have something that has a face that's also like, you know, a malevolent force. <laughs> like, surra- like Joshua, we're sitting in the West Craven Memorial Library, surrounded by several figurines of, you know, very, <laughs> with varying like malevolent faces. If one day any one of this shit came to life and started killing, I'd be freaked out. Like, well, yeah. I mean, if it actually happened, that'd be one thing, but like, it's also just like the idea that now that's in your head that, that like the ear imagination. So, yeah. you know, but I'm just curious, like what, you know, the, the fear. So there's, they have like a, you know, a, um, a colloquial term, pediophobia. So it's an irrational, persistent fear of, uh, dolls. Um, it's also, oh, what is this specific phobia belonging to the category of automaton phobia? Oh, fear of humanoid or human like, but not quite objects, including mannequins, marionettes, ventriloquist dummies, wax figures, things like that. Uh, we talked a little bit about that on our episode with tourist trap with Johnny. Yes, yes, yes. He's got that. He's, um, mannequins really freak him out, but it's like, I wonder what the, I mean, this is like, oh, you know, you probably had some sort of traumatic incident, you know, connected to to a doll. Um, voodoo dolls, obviously, are associated with witchcraft and things like that. So, I, I mean, I guess that sort of, you know, tracks. But it's like, what is the, what's the historical, like, what's the purpose of that kind of a fear? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, or, what is it? Like, you what's know, it protecting you from? And Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, we can look at, like, we have on this show, we've looked at, you know, um, you know, aliens and their connection to like fears of cult, you know, of, of invasion, anxiety, you know, of, of war and of being displaced and of being, you know, killed or hurt, you know, by invading forces or things like, you know, Halloween, Michael Myers represents this d- encroaching danger from the urban world into the suburbs and into the safe zones, you know? So it's like, I don't, I, I'm, I wonder what sort of purpose, 
creepy dolls. Maybe it's not the doll itself. Maybe it's just like the idea of like, you know, eventually we're being consumed by the things that we've bought. Hmm, maybe. Like literally. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the, it's very, it's touched on very, in very much in the beginning with the stuff about like, you know, what the mother has to go through to get the doll. Right. But you know, at the end of the day, like you, it's kind of, you know, t- it ends up taking a life of its own and, as is with some, hmm. when you get into like that kind of consumption, that conspicuous consumption of, of, uh, of, of commodities and goods. That's a good read, Joe. I yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. Yeah, that the, the uh, you know, the over the rampant consumerism. Yeah. How it how it. That Chucky us. itself, you know, <laughs> like, that Chucky itself just represents that. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a displacement, at least within child's play, because we're talking about a time when, like, the Cabbage Patch dolls, like we were talking about, you know, said earlier, were, like, huge, and everybody had one, and people were, like, crushing each other to get them and attacking each other, and there's lots of video footage, you know, I'm sure on YouTube and whatnot. They always, you know, show that, you know, everybody rushing to get those dolls or the Furbies or whatever. Um, there's always something that we that we have to you know so it's interesting that it moves the blame it shifts it to the object itself rather than the consumerism the advertisement around it everything that encourages us to yeah. to have everything we want and the kid kind of <laughs> gets like you know as for as much as we joke about how much of a little of a little shitty is in the beginning like <laughs> he also kind of gets it, he kind of gets it in the end when um he realizes that Chucky's is coming to kill him <laughs> And it's like, I don't want this toy anymore. And, like, there's also something very unsettling about the idea of, like, wanting and desiring and coveting something. Yeah. And then, you know, immediately realizing, oh, shit, this is nothing. I didn't want this at all. Like, there was a heavy price that yeah. has to come with me obtaining this. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a really, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I like that, Joe. I'll listen to you with all the... You know, interesting analyses. Yeah, <laughs> it's what I do. It's what I do. I um, yeah, that sounded really uh, conceited. So I'm very humble. No, <laughs> we have a podcast where we're spewing our opinions about horror films and some sort of odd academic. I think it's fine. Uh, you're you're fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I don't um. I don't know how to really follow that up. That was actually, you know, that was a good read, Joe. Mm, well, thank you. Look at you. Thank you. Did you, uh, did you have a Cabbage Patch doll? No, did no. not. I didn't have any dolls. I had Legos. Oh, that's, yeah. See, I think I was too old or too young, actually, for the Cabbage Patch craze because I feel like that was right around this time and I never really knew, like, what the Cabbage Patch dolls were until I was older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that the whole craze for them was kind of was done lost on you yeah because i think that was like what 85 86 around there so i was yeah. only i was only like one two years old when when they came out it was like cabbage patch going into like tickle me elmos and furbies and uh, monchi cheese and right it's always a doll why is it always a doll like th- that's something that never really set like n- never really uh, sat with me it's just like it's like why is it always like this this doll that people can form is it because it's like you know you can form this like emotional connection and and like it's something that you take around with you i mean like i know like i had a freaking like barney stuffed animal that like i took around with me everywhere uh so maybe it has to do with the the idea of the play that's associated with the toy and the type of play 
But like, you know, because Legos are infinitely more entertaining and, and you know, can last, uh, depending on, you know, if, if you don't step on all of them, like, <laughs> la- last a little bit longer and you get, like, it's also multi, like, you can take it apart, put it back together again, form your new, form your own things. Like, yeah, I've always been a Legos person just because of that. But at the same time, like, I never really understood the appeal of, like... Of a doll, of a of baby a doll. doll. Yeah, and maybe it's because, like, you know, we... I'm, I'm the kind of person where it's like, if, like, I, if I see a doll, I do like, you know, I, I do like illogically attribute some sentience to it. Okay. <laughs> you know, just like, I mean, fuck when I like, oh God, this is, I hope no one's listening. Uh, when, <laughs> when I, I've already said this actually on the show, so it's fine. When I lost my virginity, I like had to turn all the pictures of like all the holy pictures of the Catholic saints in the guy's room, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like around. Cause I didn't want them to like, and you know, not that they're just like these holier beings that like, you know, transcend <laughs> their omniscient and transcend like, physical pictures i just didn't want them looking at me just like in here like i don't know if i could i definitely couldn't have sex in this room because there's like <laughs> et's looking at me you have like you know your beetlejuice your dolls the face hugger could come up and you know try to dp sodomize me i don't know what's going on and I'm, I'm done now okay um that's all right i <laughs> i hear i hear the um, anxiety you know and I don't therapize you know. me, Joshua. <laughs> You're putting your clinical <laughs> faith. You are you are putting your don't head shrink me. You're putting <laughs> you put that voice on. You I'm not <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I can walk down Fifth Avenue and hey, pass. That's enough. Uh, <laughs> you cannot I, beast. <laughs> I I, again, I don't share that. I do. I we did have a my buddy doll, which I get. It's sort of sort of uh, what um, Chucky and the Good Guy dolls are based on. I do remember having one of those. I'm not sure where it came from because I was never really. I'm kind of like you. I wasn't ever really into doll dolls. You know, like I, I remember having one of those, the my buddies, but I I don't I I don't have a lot of like. It's weird. It's like I I can see. Did it. you have a lot of toys? Did you have toys? Did you have like a toys that you were like, yeah had a connection to? Oh, and- I did. I had a my pet monster, which I freaking loved, and I wish I still had because he was really cool. Um, I had an Alf doll or dolls. I think I had different ones, puppets, and different things. Um, I had a Mogwai, one of the gremlins. I had a, um, a, a a Gizmo. You know, so yeah, I definitely had like there were you know, toys that I liked, but I was never really into like humanoid necessarily. Like, like the, my buddy thing. I, I remember us having one in the house, but I don't have any memories of playing with it. Like I do these other toys. Like I rem- I have distinct memories of, of my pet monster. Uh, we had bunk beds and I always kept him in the corner. So I like slept with the pillow and then he was like right by my head, you know, or sometimes I slept on him cause he was like, furry and you know mushy um oh is that where it comes from right exactly that's the (laughs) that's the root um i also had a big uh roger rabbit doll Uh um stuffed toy i mean it was it was it was floppy like these things but he was big he was really tall um you know so i had things like that you know or like the et you know i always preferred like those kinds of things i wanted the monster um, stuff. I had uh, pretty large versions of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. I had each one. I feel like I remember seeing those in stores. Yeah. 
Um, we never took them out of the box. Oh, wow. So I don't know if they were those kinds of toys, but like, you know, they, I remember them being in the box most oh, of wow. my life. Huh. Um, but yeah, like, so I didn't, not really a dolls, yeah. not really into dolls. And not because it's like, you know, if you, not because like from a mask, you know, mask kind of performance or whatever, just never really been into dolls like that. I mean, like, I do love like the occasional stuffed animal teddy bear for like the sentimental thing. Yeah. Like I got, I got my, my girlfriend in high school. I gave her for our first Valentine's day, a, a, a build a bear teddy bear. Like, okay. You know, I love that stuff. I, I really, you know, hopefully one day when my, when my, you know, someday when my prince comes and right. he brings me a, a teddy bear and, you know, it's. It'll mean yeah, something to you. It'll mean something to me. You see, that's, I get the skull animals. Jeffrey got me that up there with the skeleton. I roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he also bought me that owl. You, you two are really. Are I know we're made for each other. For each other. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I definitely, if I had expressed wanting a doll it would have been frowned on so that's the other i mean i i was probably conscious of that it, it, to some extent i remember my aunt bought me a troll doll and that and that like upset like, people like the troll like the trolls with the jeweled bellies yeah but they for a while in like the early 90s like probably around 92 93 mm-hmm. they made them so they were like baby dolls so they had like a hard head and all the you know hair but then they had like a soft body with like a jewel in the belly you know but they were like baby doll sized and it was blue and i thought it was cute so i got i got one but was it too femme yes i think so and there was there was discussion like Mm. it wasn't it, you know, then I, and I don't know whatever happened to it, but I, I do, I have like memories around those sorts of things. So that's probably why I didn't, wasn't necessarily into baby dolls. And I mean, and I also just really wasn't, I mean, my sister had dolls. I, that there was something that I didn't really play with. Like if we played like house or something as kids, I had a gargoyle, <laughs> I had a stuffed gargoyle thing that would always be my creepy kid. <laughs> I Ooh. didn't play with, you know what I mean? If we played those kinds of games as kids, that's, that's what would end up, you know, we're diving deep into childhood today. Yeah, we are. <laughs> See, I had I had two sisters. I had an older sister and then my younger sister. So, like, there were always girly, sh- girly shit. Yeah, I was good. There was always like girls, girl toys, quote unquote, around us. So, like, when I would play with it, it was never really like, oh, don't play. I never got. I never remember getting. Oh, don't play with that. It's for girls. Mm. Mainly because like there was there was like girls around. So it's like, you yeah. know, we just play with whatever. Like I, I, I don't really remember in my childhood or maybe I've repressed it all the way down, Joshua. Maybe. Um, anybody really telling me like, don't do that because it's not for you, uh, your gender. Like yeah. I don't really remember. No, I did. Yeah, no, we definitely did. Like, or, or I did at least, you know? Um, and I did other things. Like I had beanie babies, which was considered very effeminate. I had, you know, other things, but then I also, I was really into, uh, when, especially, especially when I was younger, I was really into transformers, so ah, I had okay. some of those and always the bad guys. I always liked the Decepticons the most. Oh, uh, okay. They had the coolest, uh, toys because they are, you know, I don't know. They were creepy. So I had like those, but, 
Oh, and then the um, Todd McFarlane did like the movie Maniacs, which I kind of collected. That's when I got to be like 13, 14. Mm-hmm. So that I wasn't really playing with them. They were just meant to be displayed, you know? So I had the fly and I had the thing and I had, you know, I think uh, I had Edward Scissorhands, which isn't really horror, but it was part of that series, I think. Um, but I had a bunch of those. I had a bunch of horror themed stuff and X-Men, you know, action figures, I guess, rather than dolls, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so no. I definitely had some things that were definitely boy appropriate. Yeah, yeah, quote yeah. Unquote. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was also discouraged. So if there was, I'm trying to think if there was ever, if there were female things that I really wanted besides, I mean, I liked trolls. I thought they were cool. So I had a bunch of those when I was a kid, but everybody did. Yeah. Everyone you know, had so a little I troll. I don't know if I consider them, you know, to be a girl's thing or not. But there was a lot of stuff, you know, like that, that it was like, no, that, you know, that's not for you. My sister had cool things that I did like, uh, like the Polly Pocket. I've always been fascinated oh, Polly by, Pocket. Miniature, yes. by miniature stuff. I like play sets and, you know, that we had Mad Max. Um, I did have some of those. and um, But I always thought those kinds of things were Micro cool. machines. Yeah, micro machines. I did not because I never got into cars. Oh. My brother did. My brother, Cody. He loved uh, car shit. But that was a very, again, that was a very guy thing, like he and his dad. And I just kind of shut all that kind of stuff down because it just you know being around it like the you know the situation provided opportunities for uncomfortable conversations so I stayed out of out of that realm so yeah I've never been really into cars and I think because of that so here's a question for you what would what would what kind of toy would be would really freak you out if it came to life and was inhabited by like a killer (laughs) (laughs) I mean, any toy, really, but, like, what would you think would be, like, the most surprising toy to come out, mm. like, and be inhabited by, like, Dahmer? <laughs> you know, I did think that, um, like, the jack-in-the-box is always really creepy. You know, I think of uh-huh. it in Krampus. Like, that's really scary. I think of the one in Demonic Toys, which you've not seen. But now that we've watched Child's Play, we're going to watch some other um, toys, Puppet Master, you know, things like that, you know. Um not that child's play should necessarily be the start of that. I, they're all kind of in their own right, their own thing. So we'll we'll watch more of those. But I. But anyways, point is, yeah, I think Jack in the Boxes can be creepy. I think that would be yes, they can. You know, um, but other than that, I don't know. I I, I guess the, like that's kind of the thing about back to child's play. You know, when you watch it, like, I've always thought it was a fun movie, but I always found it kind of ridiculous. You know, like, it's just a freaking doll, people. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, knock it down. Like, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, like, pull his head off. Like, you know, take him apart. Like, what's he going to do if he's in pieces, you know? But I think the the the, the conversation it's like if that did happen, like if this clown thing just hopped up and started walking around, like I mean, I would probably die of shock, you know. Like I would just, I wouldn't know what to do, you know. And I guess that's kind of the only way that that kind of stuff is believable, you know. When they're all freaking out about this doll wandering around, it's like because you know they're like, <laughs> like I'd be in shock. Like what the hell? What? You know, like what? that's the only thing that kind of explains it. Cause it's like, I mean, it's just a freaking little doll, like toss it out the window and keep going. You know what I mean? Run it over. I don't know. Um, but then again, it wouldn't be a, you know, a horror movie, it would be a horror movie. <laughs> or any type of movie. If you just, you know, got, if you added a bunch of logic to it, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm not really afraid of, like, killer toys. Okay. But, I mean, if we're living in that world, fine. Yeah, if this thing got up, yeah, it would be, it would be scary. But also very, like, 
what the fuck? So that's real. This ma- whatever magic is at work here is real. Magic is which real. would also be exciting and also scary. <laughs> you know, it would be magic is real, and now I'm dead. Right like, now, I can go into the di- into the unknown. <laughs> but I, you know, I think it's effective too. Child's play because the doll is is cute. You know, because it looks like a Cabbage Patch doll, my buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of dolls. It's it's cute, and then throughout the movie, as he's becoming more and more real, you know, he starts to get you know his features are creepier. He kind of the the non like the regular uh, good buddy doll. Right? Good guy, good guy doll, good whatever. Guy. Good mm-hmm. guy, good guy, good, blah, 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 blah. good guy doll. Um, looks kind of like the baby mask from uh, Happy Death Day. Oh yeah, I get yeah a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah. like, because it's like you can know you know what's coming because it's like yeah. a doll that comes to life in the beginning. So it's really unsettling and how long it takes to get to that point. Yeah, like for me, like I was like, I really thought we were gonna see the face of Chucky a lot sooner. Yeah. But I like that they held off so much because when it finally happened, I was like, holy crap. Well, and that leads me to kind of my like criticism of the movie. Um, I mean, I've got plenty to say, I guess, that I could critique. But one of my biggest criticisms and what I think could make it a better movie is if you maybe rearranged it somehow and delayed it a little bit more so that you thought the boy was doing it. Ah, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then maybe you can reveal later on the Charles Lee Ray stuff at the beginning, you know, there's somehow to like edit it. And I, I, and I do think that was originally the intent was to make it like, you're not sure, but with that right at the beginning and the whole, you know, the voodoo and the doll, it's like, you kind of know early on that he's possessed the doll. He's possessed the doll. Rather than, you know, the kid. And I think that could have been a lot more interesting, especially when they're like checking his feet and they're, you know what I mean? It's like that, that could have made the movie a lot creepier is if you really delay that until that final act. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, the doll is alive. You know, it's not the kid. And I think it would be a much more interesting film. Can we talk about parental gaslighting? Yeah, sure. So I don't, I, (laughs) I, it's like, can we just make a hard pivot? Yeah. Um, so like I find that the 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 trope and the convention in, in horror films where like the children know what's real. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the parents are like, You're just imagining it. You know it's not real. Like you and I'm just like, it's is it I know it's like in the context it's like supernatural events are happening, so it's like they must be lying or they must be making up stories. Right, right. And I just feel like that's just so bizarre to me. <laughs> Maybe because I've, maybe I'm just like, why would you tell your kids that what they believe is wrong? Like, even if they were playing games, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's because, uh, specific, speaking specifically to child's play, like maybe because in the mo- in that moment where like her friend has died, like a life has been taken, like she doesn't want to believe that like her kid could get taken away because he believed that it was, you know happening but it could have been him doing it you know right. a, la, a la you know fight club a la high tension right you know yeah i don't know i just i have i get so angry when parents are just like you know telling children that's not what you believe like that's yeah. what you're seeing like are you going to listen to what i'm telling you or are you going to listen to what you see right like type thing i don't know that's my it's my hot take on that no i mean i think that's a great point you know, um, move, especially in horror, you know, that obviously comes up a lot, you know, where the kids or the teenagers or, you know, the plucky band of misfits, you know, is trying to 
you know, say this is what's happening, you know, and that's just true. I mean, that, and that speaks to a larger culture. We constantly tell young people, we tell them, you know, deny what they're seeing. You know, we tell them that they're too young to understand, even when they're not, you know, even when we, it's like, we want you to be an adult at 18, but your opinions are invalid because you're only 18, you know, or yeah. 19 or whatever, you know. You so can vote, this, you can die for your country, but, you know, you just don't know anything yet. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of interesting that we're we're constantly in that, you know, that that's just always been a, a conversation, you know. They know a lot more than we think. The children are our future, Joshua. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to start no, singing. No, that's it. I was ready, just in case. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm subverting expectations. I like it. Um, yeah, so I, I just think that that's, you know, uh, again, that's a, a that's an anxiety that's reflected in movies like this, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, where it's like, or Halloween, you know, The Boogeyman, you know, they're, you know, they they yeah. are being gaslighted. I like, I, I think you're, you're on to something there. Yeah. Um, something else I was going to say though that I, I'm looking forward to the remake of this I do want to see it I, I like Aubrey Plaza but I did see some footage that just came out um, I, I think it's exciting that they're not doing a bunch of CGI or at least they're saying they're not that they're it's pra- a lot of practical effects my concern though is seeing the doll it looks creepy already yeah the doll looks really creepy yeah. already and that's why I don't like the Annabelle movies. I don't get those. I, I, I didn't really watch them. Because it's like, if I saw that creepy-ass looking doll... It would not be in my house. No. I mean, I mean, well, I probably would put it in my house. But if I was one of these people in these movies, you know, who are like sweet and buying some nice child's toy, that's not the freaking face of the doll that you give a child. You know, like, it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. already really creepy. It's not like some Raggedy Ann looking doll you know, that comes to life or like this where it's like, he's, it's cute. You know, it's a cute, happy looking doll. Like that, that's what adds to kind of the horror of it, you know, which I mean, that kind of goes also with like, you know, um, the child murderers, you know, like they're cute and you don't think of a child as doing something this yeah, horrifically yeah. violent act. So it, it does again, to use what you just said, subvert expectations. Yeah. Whereas in this new movie, the, it, it doesn't look like it's possessed either. It might be like a technology gone wrong kind of thing. I'm not Ugh. sure. Again, I'm only going off of like the yeah. little bit I've seen. Um, but it's like, it already, it looks evil. Like the doll itself. It's like, I don't know why yeah. the choice, you know? I've been meaning to tell you, um, Jamie, uh, our graphic designer, yeah. who, who did our logo, she went to WonderCon and sat in the uh, sat in the WonderCon panel for Child's Play. Mm-hmm. Um, told me that Mark Hamill's the voice yeah. of Chucky, which is going to be fantastic. Yeah, we finally heard it in one of the. But also trailers. got us a poster, so I'll oh. have to bring that by. Well, that's sweet of her. Yeah. Any other stuff she heard or? Um, mainly the Mark Hamill, and they got to. I, I don't know if they got to see a little bit of it, but oh, okay, that he was Maybe. there. He was there in the panel. Which oh, was really very cool. cool. Yeah. Oh wow, how awesome. Yeah, I'm. I, I, you know, again, I will definitely see it in the theater. I don't have high expectations of it. I mean, I just, I, I don't really keep high expectations of any remakes or anything like that. I again, I really like Aubrey. Um, I think Mark Hamill's kind of genius casting there. Um, is the voice of Chucky. So I am, or whatever it's being called in this movie, because it's like a my buddy or something, B-U-D-D-I, very Wi-Fi, you know, new age, kind of plugged in sort of deal. Like, this sounds like it could be just a full-length Black Mirror episode. Yeah, maybe. You know, could be. Could be. Could be. Um, 
Anyway, so any other uh, thoughts on Child's Play? Anything you were uh, while we were watching it that you wrote down? Um, thought of? <laughs> I'm really excited for the remake now. All right. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess just I have see to see how they interpret it. Just see how they interpret it. I, I did ask you a little bit in the it, when we were talking about it, it's like it seems like it seems that the start of this film was just like so totally different from how Chucky is kind of portrayed now mm. with Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, you know, like it's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, I really want to watch um, some of the, uh, the sequels. I think it'd be fun to, to explore. Definitely Bride of Chucky because it sort of rebooted the series and did shift the tone a bit, you know, kind of like later, like Nightmare on Elm Street because Freddy gets very, Kooky, kooky, campy, kitschy, you know, campy. Yeah, that's really the word I'm looking for. Campy, and you know, Chucky. It's very meta, you know. And then uh, the seed of Chucky is <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and then they kind of wanted to go back and make them scary again. And so, like the cult of Chucky and the curse of Chucky, I think were efforts to um, kind of take it back to like this original vibe. And even the the two sequels, because in the second one. I think in the second one, Andy is in like foster care situation. Oh, okay. And of course, somehow gets reunited with the with, with the, with the Chucky doll. Oh, with the Chucky doll. Yeah, because th- that becomes sort of the thing where now Chucky's trying to get out of the body, and he's like focused on Andy, obviously, because he was the first person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the third one, he's in like a military school or something. So it's like later, kind of has grown up and and. Chucky comes looking for him again. Uh, Is there a Chucky always. in space? Not yet, but I'm sure we could get there. I, I, usually, they've got to get to nine or ten sequels before it's like, okay, well, I guess we got to shoot him off into space. <laughs> Go to space. Yeah, but uh, it could be coming. You never know. They're going to do, I guess, a Netflix series. That's so. It, yeah, right. So we got two different things happening. We have a reboot going on in the theaters, and then apparently Jennifer Tilly and Don Mancini and I think Brad Dorf, they're all involved in some Netflix show where it's like going to tell different stories from like the original Child's Play universe. You know, so there might be something that's like the past with Tiffany and Chucky about how like they met, um, and then other other stories. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious. That's a little, that's a little nutty, but, um, I'm here for it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, I'll definitely, I'll watch it. Um, just, just to, to see, <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, yeah, the sequels are fun. We should definitely watch Bride of Chucky. We will definitely watch. Cause I really enjoy that movie and I really want to watch some of the other, like Bride of Frankenstein, Bride of the Reanimator, you know, kind of look at those sorts of films anyway. So it'd be fun to, 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 to see, you know, what kinds of tropes we find there. All right. Um, I like that. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that's Child's Play, which we kind of talked about. (laughs) (laughs) I still had a great time and I thought it was good. I'd watch this again. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I don't know how many times I've seen it. It's been a really long time, like I was saying when we were watching it, that I've seen it unedited because I catch it on TV and I'll just watch it for a little bit and then kind of wander away. Uh, So it's been a long time since I sat down and really watched it, you know, from beginning to end, unedited, you know, theatrical, original, whatever. Uh, So it was fun because I'd forgotten about some of the scenes. And yeah, it was fun to watch with you, as always. (laughs) Always fun to watch with you, Joshua. All right, and thank you, dear listener, as always, for joining us, and uh, we will see you again real, real soon. Bye. Bye. 
Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Listening to the Geekscape Network. 